All right. Welcome to this special series of Real Estate Fight Club. And this is called What Would You Do? Where we talk about professional standards and ethics committee um, violations, cases, ideas. And here with me today is Jim Camarada from Keller Williams in Minnesota. Hey, Jim. Hey, Jen. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Fantastic. Good. So what do you, what's the case you have for us today? Or what are we talking about today? Hey, this, this is another interesting one. I always try to get uh, good ones for you. Yeah, thanks. Um, client uh, listed a property with an agent. It's a vacant lot. Now the client believed that based on uh, what he had heard, uh, lots were selling for that he should get about $150,000 uh, for this, this vacant lot. Okay. Um, the agent said, mm, no, you know, it's the slope and the location and some other factors uh, that it, it, no, I don't believe 150 is the right price. Uh, I suggest 97.5. Whoa. Okay. So two weeks later, after listing it, uh, the agent presents an offer full price for 97.5 to the seller. Okay. Seller kind of balks at it and says, wow, you know, if, if you got a, an offer that fast, full price, maybe it is worth more. And the agent talked them out of it and said, nope, you know, sluggish market, yada, yada, yada. Uh, the client reluctantly signed. I mean, that is company. like kind of a fallacy, right? Because if it, which, which, I don't know, I guess we can talk, that feels like a real estate fight club uh, podcast. Like if you get an oh, offer right. in the first like what, how long did it take? Did you say two weeks. two weeks Two. if you get an offer in two weeks, one offer in two weeks for full price, does that mean it's worth more? It should have been mm -hmm. worth more anyway. Well, the seller, the, the seller thought so. And yeah. the agent said, mm -mm, nope, um, go with it. And, um, so they accepted it and closed on it. Okay. So just where you want to stop and do your commercial or do you want me to, I don't know. Going? What's the, I don't, what is the, well, a couple months later, the seller discovered that um, uh, the person who bought it was no longer the owner of the property, of the lot. Okay. That he had sold it to somebody else. And not at, you know, the 97.5. Uh, it turned out that he had sold it for $165,000. Okay. So... The person that bought it for 97.5 sold it for 165. Okay, I still don't see a problem. Okay. Well, he filed a complaint. The seller filed a complaint uh, charging his agent with collusion and betrayal of a client's confidence and interests and with failing to disclose that he was buying the property on his own behalf. Oh, that's the Oh, the problem. first buyer turned out to be the listing agent's brother-in-law. Got it. So he was really buying it for himself. So it was kind of a shell buyer. Right. And, uh, sold yeah, it I feel like buyer. that seems like a violation of something. Mm -hmm. Is mm -hmm. there a, um, a specific code or a code or whatever the ethics that talks about that. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which one? Specifically. Well, at the hearing, uh, the agent tried to defend himself and say that um, there are two legitimate prices of a property, the price that a seller is willing to take 
in order to liquidate his investment and the price that a buyer is willing to pay to acquire a property in which he's particularly interested. And he saw no harm in doing what he did uh, for his own personal. It sounds opinion. like there's a lack of disclosure here. Bingo. Um, what is the, do you have the code that talks about, I mean, I, we probably don't need it, but. It, I've got the two articles. He was charged with violating two articles. You ready? Okay. Article one, he did not put his client's interests first and foremost. Okay. And article four, article four says that uh, a realtor shall not acquire an interest in or buy or present offers from uh, themselves, any member of their immediate families, their firms, yada, 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 without making their true position known to the owner or the owner's agent or broker. Yeah. And see, like that actually makes sense. Like, duh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I inform my colleagues, if you're buying it for yourself, if you're selling it for yourself, if it's a family member, make sure that it is in the purchase agreement that you are in some way related to that particular client. That, yeah. That you're like somehow well, like, a, right. I think too, like we actually did a real estate uh, fight club, like podcast on this on, should you even represent yourself? So I'm like a pretty hard no on that because it can get convoluted, right? Like if you're representing a client, but then you all of a sudden have interest in the house or in the whatever, the property, it's mm -hmm. like, um, what now, you know? Yeah. One of my brokers early in my career said the worst person that you can negotiate on behalf of is yourself. A hundred percent agree. Now, the lady that cut my hair this morning does not cut her own hair. She right. goes to another stylist. Yeah, your hair looks very good. If people are not on YouTube, they should see your new style. Your new do yeah. on YouTube. <laughs> no, but seriously, a doctor isn't going to operate on himself or herself. You know, right. a dentist goes to another dentist. Yeah. So why should you think you that? Would you would not believe the number of realtors that disagree with us on this, Jim. I know. I know. I hear it in my office. And you know what? Everybody who's listening, you're wrong. <laughs> you should not represent yourself. <laughs> well, you can, and you might get away with it, but I would also really highly recommend having a very, very good real estate attorney. <laughs> exactly. It just doesn't make sense. Make sure your E&O insurance is uh, fully paid for. Right, right, right. Well, let's, um, let me tell you about two of our um, partners that we're working with. The first one is Vulcan 7, which as you know, is one of my favorites. It's where I get all my phone numbers from um, to circle prospect to for expired listings, for sale by owners, for rent by owners, probate, all these crazy stuff. So they have an offering um, for our listeners. That's two weeks for $49. You would go to Vulcan7.com slash Jennifer Mertland to sign up for that. And then one of our other favorite sponsors is um, Real. I can't decide. I love them all. You know, <laughs> that's why we chose them. It's like we only want to work with people that we like. But um, let's, we're going to do the right job for you because it's a reflection on you. Exactly. Exactly. And people that we, you know, we use and 
aren't already in business with. But let's talk about Real Support Solutions. So they um, are administrative and training company owned by a real estate agent, Lisa Colas. And what they're offering to our listeners are, if you go to realsupportsolutions.com and enter code Fight Club, you'll receive $100 off the first transaction if you use them for transaction coordination, or you can get three free hours of training. Um, from them, which is really nice if you, you know, have a team and you want to do some outside training or something like that or whatever, you know, cool. All right, back to the case. So just to recap, the agent did not, did agent bought the property. I wonder too, like, what was it really worth? Because I think that sometimes there has there, it does happen where the sellers think their property is worth more. Right. And you're like, it's really not. But like, at what point did this agent know that he was interested in buying the property? And that would have been the point, depending on where it was in the transaction, where he would have recommended an alternative representation for the seller and disclosed. Why? Right? Yeah, he did not disclose that he was really doing this and using his brother-in-law, who was a family member, uh, to, uh, to purchase it. And if other comparables, if other relevant lots in the neighborhood or area or similar size were selling in the 150s plus or minus, from a 150 to a 97.5, that's a pretty big gap. It is. I think too, like, yeah. And sometimes though, sometimes that can happen where a house is worth something and then a few you know, less than a year later, it's worth a totally different number, right? Like we just experienced going through that, but there does seem, I don't know at what point like this became fishy. Well, according to the uh, case study, uh, the seller found out about it two weeks after he had closed. So, uh, or two months. So it happened pretty quickly. So it wasn't a year or two to give it uh, time to appreciate. Uh, This was clearly a flip. Yeah, and for one sixty-five. That that's a pretty significant. Uh, it seemed like he used his relationship and perceived um, expertise as a way to get a better deal. Is how mm-hmm. it seems, you know. Yeah, and then you come back to Article One, and did he put his clients? best interests well and foremost i mean he was probably representing he was obviously representing himself too right mm-hmm. oh yeah he bought it for himself so yeah i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a little tough well yeah. that was a pretty good one i like it i think you know the point is disclose 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 and disclose some more and then some more yeah exactly (laughs) well you know as as a broker my job is to keep everybody out of realtor jail yeah luckily there is no realtor jail jim (laughs) so stupid (laughs) how many this is anyway i'll get off my soapbox it's a joke in our office now it's it's a joke because they say it's a joke in the industry but people like think that they're going to get in trouble and that's part of the problem is nobody ever really gets in trouble Oh, yes, they do. I mean, but they don't lose their license. Oh, yes, they do. Okay. Well, let's talk about one of those. They do. They do. Like they ways do. you can lose yeah. your license for real. Oh, yeah. Somebody uh, last year in our association was fined 
$15,000 and the license was suspended for a year. Okay, but they still didn't lose it. Not yet. <laughs> right. One more violation and they they Yeah, will. maybe next time on what would you do? How yeah. you can actually lose your license forever. Forever. Yeah. Well, there was fraud <laughs> involved. And yeah. Yeah. No fraud. No, there, there, there are a lot of other issues. And yeah, oh, we I'm sure because they that. don't want to find you like that much. But um, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Well, Jim, if people have questions for you about this case or they have a referral for you in Minnesota, what is the best way to get a hold of you? Okay. My cell phone is uh, 612 562 7461. You can text me on that or call me. I do answer okay. it. Uh, or email Jim Camarada at kw.com. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jim, so much. I appreciate you being on. Oh, it's fun. Thank you. Yeah.